It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, that one was rough. The Cowboys fall to 5-4 and four after losing to the Falcons 27-7. You are listening to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier, joined by Landon McCool. You can follow us on Twitter at Marcus, Mo- Marcus underscore Mosier, at McCoolBTB. Landon, I'm just going to start it off just like this. What in the world happened to the Cowboys on Sunday in Atlanta? Well, I mean, I think you got to answer a, a smaller question first, and, and what you know, just kind of focus on what in the world happened to Chaz Green on Sunday. I mean, I think uh, I'm sure that's probably where we're going to need to start this whole thing, um, and and you know, that's that's going to be our first conversation. Shall we get right into it, or do do you want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go right into it. So. I think Chaz Green made a lot of people uh, a lot of money on Sunday, except for himself. I think he might have sent Adrian Claiborne to the Pro Bowl. Huh. Uh, he might have earned Tyron Smith the raise. Uh, that might have been the worst performance from an offensive lineman that I've ever seen. And, and when I was watching that game, I don't really get – this is going to sound weird. I don't get emotionally invested into the player so much. But I actually felt bad for him at one point because – that's how embarrassing it got. And all day long on Twitter and on any of the shows you're watching, ESPN or NFL Network, Chaz Green was the punchline to every single joke. Um, and it's unfortunate for him because when he's played over the last three seasons, he hasn't been a bad player at all. In fact, we praise him a lot on this show because of kind of his potential and what he can do. So. I, the problem is I don't think he's ever going to be live, be able to live down this performance. I think it's going to stick with him for the rest of his career. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that game on Sunday cost him millions of dollars in potential earnings down the road. So please try to explain to me and the people what happened to Green on Sunday afternoon. Oh, well, I mean, I have no idea. <laughs> Look, I mean, I, I feel like, I mean, just because... Um, you know, just because I've seen you know a lot of a lot more training camp than probably a- average person, I more than likely than the average person, but even than most people that went to training camp, um, that I've probably seen as much of, of Chaz Green as you know most Cowboys fans, and I have no idea where that came from. I mean, like, like I I have never seen him. I never seen him play like that in a even in bad his worst practices like when he's looked his worst in practice even as a rookie he he I never seen anything like that looked like that I mean there were times when I mean I gotta we haven't seen any tape yet and but I, I you know there were times when it just looked like he wasn't even lining lining up correctly like he was lining up you know he was first of all not give allowing himself any kind of of uh of drop foot the drop step to get, to get into his set fast no, don't enough. say drop foot uh, that, that's that's a, a trigger, trigger word. word drop foot's a trigger um, but but <laughs> but I, I think you know I think that he 
and he was lying. There were times when instead of being, you know, slightly off the line where they allow, you know, certain tackles to a certain degree, you see him kind of a little bit back from the guard where he was lined up even closer to the line of scrimmage than the guard, which gave him zero uh, room to work uh, any, any, you know, even, you know, just initial depth to kind of help against what was going on. And then basically what was happening from what I saw over and over again is that he was not landing a single punch on Claiborne when Claiborne was good. Claiborne was basically chopping him. I think almost every play I saw, like it just, it just, it just seems like he, like Green had no answer for him, for Claiborne chopping his his hands down. And and once he got his chop, he got around the corner quickly, and and Green wasn't able to. Uh, and really quickly. Yeah. And really quickly, Claiborne after the game said, "I use the same move on every single sack, and he never adjusted to it." Did he really he said, say I only that? Got one oh my move. god! Did he really say that? Yeah, he said, "I." Well, I mean, there he you said, go. "I've got one move, and I use it all game long." And he, here's what Claiborne said after the game: He said that he saw on tape that uh, Green's hands get way too wide, and they're, he's able to chop them down. And he thought that he would eventually adjust to it, and he he never did. And that's why he kept getting beat to the outside over and over and over again. So it, it kind of shocked Claiborne how Green and the Cowboys didn't well, adjust at it, all to his poor hands. It wasn't hand even just enough that his hands that you know his hands were weren't. I mean, he the, that's not enough. Like he has to also be not in great body position as well. Like that, like that's, I mean, it was both of those things that were, I mean, if he was in decent body position, I don't know that Claiborne would have had as much success. I mean, he definitely probably would have gotten one or two of those sacks, but you know what I'm saying? Like he, like there was times when they, you know, and this is the whole thing that like makes me crazy. Is like, there were times when they were doubling uh, uh, Claiborne and Claiborne still got a sack because green, couldn't get out of his green was clearly supposed to you know overcompensate outside and then Cooper like one time it was Cooper that was helping Co- yep. him they basically yep. had they basically isolated uh, Claiborne on that side Cooper was was out there on the double and clearly if Cooper is the guy that's supposed to be your double help then you need to be outside of your man pushing him inside to Cooper to get your help you need to overcompensate and allow him to beat you inside because that's where Cooper's going to help you right or not beat you inside, but but make him force him inside to to Cooper, and 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 he couldn't do it. Like he couldn't he couldn't get out there. And again, like so, that's not just his bad hands. That's also you know him not. That's bad hands plus him not getting his body out there to to position. And and that's the thing about it is it's not we know the Green's a good enough foot athlete to do that. It that's not like it's not like he can't do that. It's not capable of doing that. I've seen him do it. It's just that. He had terrible technique, and he didn't. I mean, you're right. He didn't ever adjust it. Now, I mean, I don't know really. I don't really know how to like put that on the coaches. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, as far as his personal technique, because right, so, like, what do you like? What do you? So tell, here's probably hey, what happened. Out, you know, it's like it's like that old. You know, it's, right. It's like it's like telling the the, the guys to. Cover Will Chamberlain the night he scored 100 points. It's like <laughs> cover cover Will. I mean that's that's the strategy. I mean what what the hell? Like it's it's a problem. Is he's not executing and 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 so he, he has. A I was flaw, gonna say yeah. here's probably what happened. He, he one of two things happened. He was either a disaster in practice at left tackle all week long, and the Cowboys weren't prepared for it. And, and you can put that on the coaching staff. 
or he was fine in practice all week, and then he just got in the games and and something happened, or you know the game actually started, and he lost all that technique. So I know Jeff Schwartz, uh, former offensive lineman, was talking about this today. It's really hard to adjust the game plan during an actual game to you know chipping guys because it takes you know it takes receivers out of routes it takes different schematical things to do that so uh, i have to believe that green was practicing well at left tackle during the week and the cowboys had confidence that he was going to be able to hold up against claiborne correct no i mean i'll even take it a step further than that first of all absolutely and i think your analysis of that is exactly what i was going to say is that to me I mean, just by the odds, I would have to say, like, they must have seen the normal green all through practice. You know, like, they must have seen what they normally see out of Chaz Green uh, every single day out of practice. And, I mean, they created the game plan the way they created the game plan due to their level of confidence in green. They've seen the guy play before. And, again, I mean, if anyone wants to go back, like, most every, – every single thing will tell you – most of what Green's issues are, are have nothing to do with how he plays. Like even when he got into the game in regular season time, he started two games. Like he played good. He played well. I mean, I, I, right. and so sorry about my English there, but um, you know, he, he. But but I'm saying like I I, I find it really hard to and, and and I think what you brought up with Schwartz is important because uh, you know look, not only is it difficult to make a mid game uh, protection change, but when you're doing that. Doing that when also you're while also offensively trying to compensate losing your best player, that's a lot, man. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the thing about the reason that you, the reason that you would want to use a lot of empty protections or five man protections or or you know maybe just a six man protection is because you don't have Zeke, so you need more people out in routes. You need more people out to get open, and and I think. That's where the problem is, is that when this arrived, it was like, well, uh, you know, either the, either the, I mean, here's, here's what I imagine happened. It started happening. They recognized that it was happening. They probably, I guarantee you that if no one's, uh, if someone would ask Dak, I, I bet if you ask Dak, he may not tell you because of, you know, they don't want to get on Chaz Green, but if someday, you know, t- 20 years from now when he's writing the book, I, I bet we can convince <laughs> Chaz, uh, you know, Dak to say, hey, what happened is the coaches came to me. They said, "Hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to try to, you know, just, you know, run some more simplistic stuff and and just get a couple extra chips because you can't at this point you can't draw up a new play. You've got the plays you've got, so you know, you could just basically run the ones that you know are six and seven man protections attached to them because you can't just change the protections that are that go with certain pass plays. You you basically when you are allowing for those protections, you're just basically running the plays that have those protections. You can't just mix Mix and max, you know, mix and match protections with plays. I think people get confused with that, but um, you know, they're concepts that are all, you know, everything fits together in a way that that it doesn't work like that. So uh, that's what I think Jeff Schwartz is talking about when he's saying that it's not easy to like, you know, add protections in the middle of a uh, middle of the game. But uh, you know, I think what happens is that they realize that this was happening. They they went to Dak and they're like, look, you know, here are your options. Would you rather? You know, have more people out on route. No, you know, and just you're gonna need to watch your back this whole time with with Chaz. And maybe just roll out. You know that you need to get out of the pocket quickly, or do you want to just you know have us run these few plays that we have with these protect with a, with a you know good enough protection scheme while also trying to know that you need to move the ball 
without Ze- without Zeke and score enough points to, to protect your defense. I mean, it's just it, it was a lot of it's it wasn't just Tyron being out. It wasn't just Tyron and Zeke being out. It was Tyron and Zeke being out, knowing that you needed to maintain a certain level of offense and probably have being given a choice of, well, do you want to roll the dice and just see if you can keep making plays with guys in route or do you want to extremely limit yourself knowing you have to score points with the, you know, the selected plays that have enough protection for you to survive? Yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit about Prescott tomorrow on the podcast when we talk about our All-22 review because I, I know Chaz Green was, an, was a disaster. But Prescott could have helped him out a little bit more than what he did, and I'll explain that tomorrow because I, I went back and watched every single sack today, and I'll explain that tomorrow. But coming up still in today's show, Landon and I discuss what to expect from the Cowboys moving forward without Sean Lee and how the Cowboys fared in their first game without Ezekiel Elliott. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. In the Cowboys, in the first of the Cowboys six games without Ezekiel Elliott, it's pretty clear that they missed him. Uh, I know a lot of people are saying that Tyron Smith's absence was far more important um, and I, and to that, I would agree. I mean, Smith, you can't lose your left tackle and expect to function the same way on offense. Um, but they did miss Elliott. Uh, like we predicted on the show, the biggest area that they missed him was on first down. And I, I just want to talk a little bit about their first down success without Elliott. This is how they opened the game uh, on the ground. I'm going to read right through their runs. Morris for two yards on first down. Morris for one yard on first down. Morris for negative two on first down. Morris for one. Dak for 11 yards in the touchdown. Dak for two yards. And then they had the one drive. They had a lot of success running. They had Morris for 14, Morris for 20, Morris for two. Somehow they managed to not get any points out of the drive. Uh, and then they finished the game with McFadden for negative two yards and Dak for two yards. So other than that one drive, they were pretty awful running the ball on first down, and that's kind of what we expected, that teams are going to load the box on first down because they know the Cowboys' tendencies, and it was going to be up to the offensive line and Morris to at least try to stay ahead of the chains, and that's something the Cowboys did not do very well on Sunday. And I think that's a lot of the reason why Chaz Green got exposed is because they were in far too many second and longs and third and longs were where uh, Beasley and Claiborne were able to tee off on the quarterback knowing that the Cowboys had no threat of running game. So what did you think of the running back's performance? I mean, Morris got most of the work here on the ground. Rod Smith did a lot of the work in the receiving game. What did you think about the Cowboys' offense in their first game without Ezekiel Elliott? Well, I mean, it's terrible, but I, I, but I, I think that, you know, I think it was... I want to. I mean, it's it's really tough to to make this call without, especially seeing the tape. But you know, I think that, and I, and I know that that that's you know, just an excuse. But I, I think that what's what's really difficult to, to parse at this point is you know how much were they 
you know, uh, what I think is difficult is that without Ezekiel Elliott, you know teams are basically going to be stacking the box and and trying to uh, you know make this team one dimensional. So you, so you so you have to be prepared, and and I think anyone going into that game kind of needed to be prepared for the the fact that. Um, you know that that, that there was it was going to be tough sledding because they were going to make it tough sledding and you know most teams uh, in the league when when another team wants to stop them from running the ball they could stop you know a team from running the ball you know and, and I think that that like I think that uh, I think that when 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 people like think that that that's like you know something that that the team should be able to just run the ball whenever they want like that's that I think that's uh, that's not that's a very rare thing that happens and it's a very rare thing that happens even when Zeke is there and we're we have a healthy offensive line I think that when that does happen it's it's something that we should celebrate but the point being is that really where the issue was is that. They needed they, they they ran the ball into the teeth of a of, of a tough defense that was going to stop the that was focused on stopping the run. The problem got when they couldn't back these guys off, and that's when that's mm-hmm. because when they couldn't uh, when they couldn't get uh, the the safeties back and, and allow themselves some room to run. Um, and, and I think that once they started throwing the ball around a little bit and having success when they could when they were when it was safe. Um, uh, you know they were throwing the ball well, and and I think that they were moving the ball uh, without a ton of problems. Um, it's but once you know it became a situation where Z, D, Zach had to hold on to the ball for any you know period of time. Um, you know, obviously the the protection issue reared its ugly head, um, and and I think that that ultimately that's you know if you can't if they are running the ball if they are forced you know stopping you from from running the ball. And you can't stop them from getting to the quarterback on third and long situations. I mean, then it's a pretty straightforward formula for stopping stopping the offense at that point, you know. And uh, and, and and even and I think they had some random success, you know, trying to mix it up a little bit uh, eventually on on first and second downs with passing. But I mean, even then, it wasn't it wasn't enough, you know, because they. They basically were able to stop your run run game by just forcing that extra guy down down in the box, and then uh, you know you had no chance on any kind of third and long situation unless Dak you know made magic happen. What I was most disappointed with is you knew that the running backs were going to take a big step down once Elliott left, and I was kind of hoping that the offensive line and the skill positions around the running game would kind of take that as a challenge to say, hey. As good as Elliott is, we don't need him to run the ball successfully. And that's just, that didn't happen. There was far too many times, and there was a perfect example on a second down and 12, I believe it was. No, a second and 19. The Cowboys tried to run a draw, and there's five guys in the box, and there's seven blockers, and they lose two yards. I think it was, I think it was Collins that got beat, I mean, right in the, in the backfield. Uh, there was another play on the McFadden pitch where Terrence Williams just completely whiffed on Deion Jones. Jones makes the tackle for a two-yard loss. They tried to run a jet sweep with Dez, and Jason Witten completely misses the block, and Dez has to shut off a guy five yards in the backfield to get back to the line of scrimmage. It, it just 
nothing looked right on offense. It just looked like every single play. Oh, I even forgot to mention they had a nice, I think it was a 10 yard run with Rod Smith and Jonathan Cooper gets called for holding. So it just seems like anything that could have went wrong in the running game went wrong. And I mean, hopefully next week against the Eagles, that's a better defense, but they're going to have to find ways to run the ball successfully if they want to have a chance to win that game. So any last thoughts on the Cowboys rushing attack? I mean, I, yeah, I definitely want to see exactly kind of what, you know, what, it, how, it, what, where it all went wrong. But yeah, I mean, I think that people, uh, people, a lot of people are trying to turn to coaching on a lot of this, but there was a lot of bad football being played by a lot of bad execution that, again, like, I don't. I I think that ultimately, you know, came down to. But is that coaching though? Because these guys, some of these guys, what, Jason what, 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 Witten is a veteran. At what point do you to blame? I mean, Zach Martin got his butt kicked on a couple snaps. Like, I do you know. think? Do you think Zach Martin? Do you think Zach Martin didn't get coached properly this week? Or like, I mean, I think he had. Sometimes I think the teams just had a, had a bad day, and I think a lot of like Denver. A lot of players, good players, had bad days. Like I, I don't, I don't know that it was like a, a schematic issue. Like, listen, I, I mean, I don't disagree with you that if, that if, uh, if, if, if Chaz Green was struggling all week and they saw that and they didn't build something into the the scheme, to to more into the scheme, into the game plan to allow to help for for that, then then you know, that's fine. But that's that's bad coaching. Like, but but. If he had a game, if he had a, a week of practice, like all the game footage and all the weeks of practice that I've seen him have before, then his worst day has never looked. I I couldn't imagine looking like that. I mean, like you know what I'm saying? Like there's been there's been no offensive right. tackle who's given up that kind of sacks in, in 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 that sort of game. And so if you can't pass the ball, if you can't if you can't uh you know do any kind of deep passing, or if you can't push that them off the line, then running the ball is going to be incredibly difficult because you they know that that's what they're going to be doing. And so you you have to make the most of your opportunities when you outnumber their their them in the box. And if you're not even doing that, then like, I mean, it's pretty tough to call football plays at that point. Can I give you one quick stat on the Cowboys' offense that'll that'll make you nice and happy? Oh, good. All right, listen to this. The Cowboys had seven different drives in this game where they had a first and 10 inside the Falcons' 38-yard line. So seven different drives. Basically, I consider that scoring position. Anytime you have a first and 10 inside the opponent's 40, you're expected to get some kind of points. On those seven drives, they had a total of seven points. That was the difference in the game. If they just score field goals on all those seven of those attempts, they stick around in this game. So it's just a lot of bad football by their offense in this game. So uh, let's pause for a second so that I can remind you guys to please take a moment of your time to leave a five-star review for our show, the Locked on Cowboys podcast. If you leave a review in your Twitter handle, you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. You'll have access to NFL player grades, snap counts, and positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, and charts, NFL draft coverage with PFF profiles and stats, Fantasy, DFS, and NFL draft articles, team and player pages featuring PFF stats. I use Pro Football Focus all the time. It's the best thing out there. Absolutely love everything they do. So again, all you guys have to do is leave a review and your Twitter handle, and you'll be eligible to win a free Pro Football Focus Ed subscription. 
Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you, your favorite football team, what you wear to the playoff watch party, that song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym, or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip, or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Let's move on to Sean Lee, our last point of the show. Uh, Lee injured his hamstring. I believe it was on the second or third drive of the game. I don't remember off the top of my head. And from all the reports out there, it sounds like the team is racing for him to miss at least the next three games. Uh, The last time the Cowboys had to play without Lee... They went 0-2 and gave up 35 points a game. So what can the Cowboys do this time to avoid those same disastrous results? Well, first of all, they got to stop playing teams that are like the best offenses in football while not having Sean Lee. <laughs> I mean, what is up with that? We go, I mean, Marcus, tell him. Maybe Sean Lee's Mar- faking Marcus, it. tell him. Who, tell him. <laughs> it's like Larry Allenitis. Is that what, is that what you're saying? Uh <laughs> Marcus, tell tell the tell the people which two teams those zero uh, and two teams are that 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 they went zero and two against without uh, Sean Lee. Do you know that would be the Jared Goff led Rams with the number one offense in the league, and then our arch nemesis Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So those are pretty two pretty good offenses, I'd say. I mean, the Packers aren't now, but they also don't have Aaron Rodgers they now. Were. But they were. They were. So uh, you know, I think. Listen, and I'm not making excuses for that. I mean, I think Sean Lee does have that level of impact. But I mean, geez, guys, come on. So now we get to play, uh, you know, another pretty fantastic offense in in the Eagles and. So we're we're gonna see uh, exactly you know what <laughs> what this defense could do. You know, look, I, I think that I think that that Carson Wentz is what makes this offense go. I I, I you could talk about the talent um, on that on that squad, and um, you know, and I, I think that the depth to a certain degree is is really good on that team, but I don't know that they have like a whole you know a whole huge group of of elite weapons all over the place like i the, it, it carson is is the you know the thing that makes the stirs that drink you know the, the spoon that stirs that drink and i think if the cowboys can find a way to you know overcome this with the with their front four through pass rush if they can get to them then that's that's your that's your opportunity but but dallas has got to find a way to score points uh, and that's going to be extremely difficult against uh, Philadelphia defense, especially the way they played. So, but I, I listen. I my my point there is that I think now that they know what they have at left tackle, I mean, you know, at least or what they don't have, I guess. Uh, I think that's a better. I, way I think yeah. I think that you're, you'll see some improvement. I mean, I, I think that they they have ways. Uh, what? It's going to be Byron Bell. Well, that's fine. I mean, no, but I say, but I'm saying. Uh, what, I mean, that's not fine. I don't think that's well, fine. Well, no, no, but, no, no, okay. but, 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 uh, but it doesn't. It, even if it was Chaz Green, I think the the point is, is that that probably won't happen again because I mean, I've mean, got with the Eagles, you never know. But I'm saying 
that situation where you're stuck in a situation where you have uh, to call plays with, with that are you know are have a flow rate of success because of of you know just I, I'm saying they're not going to get caught in a bad situation like that because they're going to have practiced a lot more plays this week with more protection schemes. I just went a very long way of saying that, but I think that this week they're going to go into the game with a lot more heavy protections, with a lot more quick passing, with with a plan that okay, clearly we can't trust that left tackle the way that we thought we could. No matter if it's Byron Bell or Chaz Green, because neither one of them. I mean, but Byron, don't expect that Byron Bell is going to be better than Chaz Green. There's a reason Byron Bell was behind Chaz Green. So, um, <laughs> and, and and he wasn't any better per snap. I wouldn't think. I mean, just basically what we saw. So, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I think that I, you know, they at least they're a little bit more wide-eyed. If, if they had gone, if the Eagles was a first game and we were still trying to figure out that Chaz Green was, I don't know. Forgot how to play football last 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 the last off season, um, then I think we it would have been twelve sacks, you know. But at least they know now that they're gonna have to really really focus on protection, and then you know they're gonna have to figure out what they got what they have in the playbook that they can kind of piece together as an offense that can protect Dak and score points while also not having Zeke and having a hobbled Dez. So that was a long ways to talk about Sean Lee. How did we get? How did we get distracted from that? Oh my gosh, you're right. Well, I mean, the, the, well, because because what you're gonna have to do is score a ton of points. And I, th- I forgot to go. I there forgot we go. To tie, I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot to, to tie it back. The the, the, the impossible right. the impossible task is that once Sean Lee and and Tyron Smith and Zeke get hurt, like now without Sean Lee, you know you're gonna need to score points, but you also are gonna have to try and score points while figuring out how to protect your quarterback and also not having Zeke. So like, can I can I tell you how you do that? Can can I give you a really honest way to do that? What's that? You gotta win on special teams, and, and I say this every week, but that's the difference. If if you can find ways to manufacture field position, and, and I'm not say score on special teams, but change the field position, whether it's onside kicks or whether it's a, you know a, a, a punt return. I mean, we've seen some crazy punt returns, but that. That kind of stuff is what's going to help the Cowboys win this game against a really good opponent. You've got to win on special teams. And, and to their credit, the punty, punt game was great last week. I thought the, the throw to Butler was a great call. Um, Xavier Woods had a fantastic game um, covering kicks. But that's how they're going to have to win is by making big plays on special teams. You saw that on Sunday night. The Patriots made multiple plays on special teams that flipped that game and that's just how you beat good teams is you have to win on that phase of the game. And I, and I know I talk about this every week, but it's really an underrated part of football that we just don't talk about enough. Yeah. I mean, that, listen, I mean, they're, they're going to need all hands on deck to get any kind of points they can. And special teams is, you know, obviously a place where hidden, you know, outright points can happen in, in, in you know, returns and turnovers and block kicks and all that. But, but also all, all the hidden yardage that happens in, you know, in, excellent coverage of punts how, and, and, and that sort of thing. Go ahead. How great would it be if the Cowboys opened up that game with an onside kick after all those years of being redoing it to Dallas? If they, if they, if they <laughs> scored, it'd be great. But that's, that's ultimately where I'm coming down to is that is that they need – I mean, the problem is is that they have a very difficult job this week. Not, and not, not the game, but this week of figuring out the formula. And I think the people just, right. again, like they – you know they want to bring it back to well, why aren't they doing this and this and that and it's like well they're already having to accomplish this and this and this i think the people are, are forgetting all the things that they already are having to compensate for 
And um, and so I, I think that's that's where it's going to get difficult is how do they protect Dak against a ferocious defensive line with a you know subpar left tackle and a left guard who is probably not as good a player without the left tackle that they used to have. And now you also, but you also have to score a ton of points because their offense is going to score a bunch of points on you. So sure. it's it's. I, I think people. It's going to be a challenge. Yeah, it's it's a challenge. Like it's difficult. Yeah, this is going to be one of Jason Garrett's biggest challenges of his career. Can he figure out a way to win a game uh, against one of the best teams in the NFC or NFC? Just not in just in the NFC, but the NFL without his left tackle, without his star running back, without his star linebacker, without his kicker. It's going to be tough. But that's it for today's show. We will be back on Wednesday to talk about the Cowboys' offense from the All-22. Help us as we watch this All-22 film. It's going to be it's going to be fun. But thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you guys right back here tomorrow. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.